Hello, and welcome to Recruiting and Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Junior Lewis, and I'm here with two very special guests today, Humandy Templeton from the Moncalm Hotels and Jenny Clark from Umbrella Training. It will be a very busy year for the hospitality sector in the UK this year. Visit Britain has forecasted that there will be 35.1 million visits in 2023, and that is 18% higher than 2022. It is more important now than ever that hospitality businesses across the country explore various ways to fill the gap in talent across the country. So to kick this off, we've got, like I said, two very important subject matter experts um, today with us, Yumandi and Jenny. And so before we start, Yumandi and Jenny, tell us a bit about your backgrounds and why apprenticeships are so important to you. Uh, so my name's Yumandi. I'm part of the Moncom Hotel Group. We are a, a portfolio of hotels in the London market with very three specific brands um, in the five-star, um, which is called the Moncom. Then we have the Par Grand and also our wellness and sustainability brand, which is called Inhabit Hotels. And having a various um, brands and various layers within the business, uh, apprenticeships has become really important in our strategy to sustain talent and the talent development within our business. Um, like you mentioned, that the whole uh, talent pool is very diluted. We're all fishing from the same pond at the minute. And post-pandemic, people's priorities have changed. And that has put the hospitality sector in the huge scope of magnifying the importance of the skill within our, within our business, not just from a skill perspective, but also from a people development perspective. And um, we have found that apprenticeships with partners like the Umbrella Training is really plugging that gap for us. Um, if it's been applied correctly and if we, if we get the people excited about it, it's very, very valuable within the business. Thank you. And Jenny? This is my go. Uh, so yeah, my name is Jenny. I'm from Umbrella Training, as you see, and my uh, job title is interesting. I'm Head of Curriculum and Learning Technologies. So to keep it simple, I look at how we teach things and the way in which we teach things and why we teach it that way. Um, why it's so important for me? Well, I was directly from hospitality. I actually only stepped out of hospitality last June. Uh, I'm sort of looking at probably a good 16 years now that I was in the sector, whether it be operationally or whether it then be in the people function later on. For me, I was always a partner and umbrella training was my partner when I was in hospitality. So for me, it was a no brainer uh, to want to move over to this side. Um, learning development had always been my passion. And in fact, I'd been what would have been the equivalent of apprentice back when I was 19 doing my level three supervisor skills. So from that perspective, to encourage and to develop the right kind of curriculum, the right kind of teachings in line what the hospitality sector actually needs now post-pandemic because it is so different was was crucial to me um, and to make it fun. So that's why it's so important for me. And you do some incredible work. So thank you. We certainly try. <laughs> I'm keen to hear about more about how that's going for you as well, Wendy. Um, so right into some questions for you, Mandy, first of all. How long have you been utilizing apprenticeships for? So we've been doing it now for about a year, um, currently within the business coming out of the pandemic. We really sort of focused on um, re-energizing our apprenticeship program coming out of the pandemic um, and utilizing it as a way of funneling new talent into the business, but also using the, the apprenticeship levy to upskill our talent, talent. Um, especially that middle management side where we really want to sort of um, harness and invest in that human-centric leadership style that we need now. Is not just about the the peer and the raw skill that we need, but we need that human centric approach within our middle management because they're truly going to be the trailblazers of tomorrow and going to bring that sort of 
warmed back into hospitality and make it a very attractive sector again for for people to choose it. Um, so the so that is what we have really sort of re-energized the whole um, sort of levy approach, but also unifying it with our own internal training program. And I think if you can strengthen it from both sides, using it as a blended approach and not just a standalone, I think that's where the true magic happens. Um, so it becomes really internalized with your cultural DNA as well, where you focus on your human-centric way of, of approaching people um, and putting that energy from C-suite down really, really behind it. And then that momentum carries it forward. And then you have the buy-in from everyone in the business. Um, if you're upskilling internal talent or bringing new talent and younger talent in, you know, the 16 to 18 to 24 year olds um, coming into the business. Um, so that has been really, really powerful. And what was the business response like to the introduction of this initially? Was it a very welcoming at the start or was there some sort of apprehension about it? I think, you know, you're very right. I think if 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 the uh, people that you want to, you know, get on board to sort of support it, don't understand the true meaning of it. And I think Jenny and I agree that the word apprentice has sometimes a bit of a misperception attached to it. Very misleading. Yeah. It's very misleading. And that can be a lot of roadblocks from a perception perspective you know people would see it well I've done my schooling I've done my learning so why do I need to be an apprentice again um, and I think if you just re, re, reframe and reshape that approach in the business and give it a different identity um, more like a skill upskilling or if you even give it a, your own brand internally and give it a bit of a verb and an excitement um, people will see it or start really appreciating the value you can add obviously to them personally and to their career growth and then eventually to the department and to, to the wider company. But you're right, to, to get the C-suite and everyone on board, uh, um, people like Umbrella and, and Jenny with the enthusiasm they, that they bring, I think the level of partnerships are truly important. I don't think any, anyone should feel that they should do this alone um, because it is a very difficult, it, it can be quite a difficult uh, um, battle to sort of face. And the more armor and the more ammunition and excitement you have behind it with people that truly treasure it, um, would just make your sort of people strategy much more easier to sort of get it supported by the people that eventually have to have to sort of sign it off. Um, but when they see the benefit it brings into the company and then you're, when you start seeing the statistics add up, when you look at your retention rates and your, your turnover uh, uh, um, statistics going down, then eventually data talks and money talks you at the end of the day. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and you don't want to leave money in your levy fund. I think that's also when you have to, you know, if you get the FD on board and you show them that uh, that pounds and cents in that levy fund, and if you don't use it, it's going back to the, um, you know, to the government. We are not in a position to throw any money away if it is, if it's, if it's, you know, not being applied. So as soon as you show them those numbers, they quickly say, let's get it going. <laughs> Thank you. And I suppose for you, Jenny, what are some of the concerns of hospitality employers with approaching the subject? What do you think the, you know, the concerns would be there? Well, I was just actually discussing this the other day. Um, and for me, I think when, and it was something that uh, your manager said, it's the perception of the word apprenticeships for me. Um, and I know if I've ever talked about it with people and especially sort of new people who are looking at investing in it, the word apprenticeship, they go, um, and for audio listeners, that was a face of confusion and sheer horror. It's, it's something that really doesn't make sense. The, the perception of it is that kind of traditional apprenticeship or apprentice style. So it is your 16-year-old who they, unfortunately, has been deemed to be non-academic, unskilled, uh, doesn't have any job prospects, 
um, very much sits in that demographic and that stereotype, which is just so not true. Um, in, um, in terms of Umbrella's demographic and, and where we sit, of course, we work with a lot of 16-year-olds who are looking for um, a, a new focus. And that's vital, obviously, to hospitality is, is looking at a domestic pipeline. But we've got a huge amount of ages all the way up to, and our oldest apprentice was 72. So it really does just show you exactly what it can do. And that, that second misconception for me, and again, the, the, the piece of apprenticeships, is not understanding the full capability of what they actually do. Of course, it is that entry-level way into a role. There is that positioning of it. And as I just said, vital to the future of hospitality to keep us sustainable. While all the laws and regulations are in, looking at our domestic pipeline is, well, that's all we've got, isn't it? So from that perspective, vital to look at it like that way. And I know, you know, we will talk about it. But the other half, um, as Jandy said, is about skills. It's about upskilling. It's about retaining and retention of your people. And as we know at the moment, attraction and retention are the hot words in hospitality, right? Everyone's talking about them. So retention is, I mean, lots of ways you can retain. But learning and development and commitment is, is really the, the top one for me. I want to know more about the experience. Tell me more about the experience and how you go about setting it up and get it rolled out into the, to your company. Our approach to, to the whole apprenticeship levy was really to give it the identity and to get the HODs on board because ultimately they're going to be that people mentors. Um, you know, it's not just a people function or an HR, classical HR function, the, um, the whole apprenticeship levy um, application of it. It is really needs to be granulized through your business and have all your HODs on board because at the point where you have that apprentice in the team and you hand them over to that department, that people mentorship is so super important, especially if it's a new young talent coming into the sector. For us, it was really getting that HODs on board and making them understand the value it can give to them as as a, a people leader. And also the energy that this apprentice brings within the team, it sort of uh, um, ignites the rest of the department, really. And they all feel quite uh, nurturing around this apprentice. And they, it sort of brings the amplifying back into the hospitality that as much as we take care of our guests, the same care needs to go back to our own team as well. And truly sort of brings that focus back to why are we actually in the sector we all really love. And it is really our responsibility to give it back to new new talents coming into the business. So for us, it was getting the HODs on board and really getting them excited about their responsibility as well, really to sort of give back um, to their to their younger talent coming through. So for us, it was really doing that. And then the more they could understand their ownership as well that they have over this young person or young talent coming in, the more excited they were. And you, you start small. I think that the, the, the secret here is also not to start with a big program mm -hmm. that you maybe not have that sort of control over. You maybe start with one or two HODs that maybe really get that small, get bigger, small. 100%. Yeah, and use that momentum and use that current apprentice that's maybe you know, in that experience, three months, six months down the line, to sort of bring their voice into the business and, you know, give them the platform to to host little talks and, and liaise with the other people mentors in the business, especially in a hotel group where you have various hotel sites around London dotted around to get that consistent message across. Do a roadshow, do a do a skilled roadshow and give these apprentices that platform to really to really shine. And their enthusiasm and fresh perspective of the industry really starts to ignite the other people around them to say well we are actually very lucky to be in this position um and that's that energy then starts to gain momentum and then if you have that in the business 
And if you start looking at that next layer of maybe upskilling or bringing new talent in, that starts to really work in your own favor. And it, it becomes like people are asking, when can I join? Not how are you going to use it? And then the whole paradigm shift really of how they see these, this, this, this levy application within the business and it becomes really powerful. And that's a good point to ask you. And that sounds very incredible. But tell me about the greatest success story you've had so far. As I said, we've only been doing the levy now for about a year. So our current apprentices are about six months within their learning. But saying that, the, the, um, the real success story is seeing their own personal growth. And I think seeing how they have grown in their own empowerment, how they can really believe that they have a space and a place within the sector um, and the difference they can make. And I think that is the real success story. If you can see someone being empowered, and I think um, it's, it's, it's a great tool to also utilize for diversity and inclusion. And I think this is also a huge topic going forward within the year to, to utilize this to sort of... Uh, and align it to your diversity, equality, and inclusion program. Um, and we have a few apprenticeships coming from that sort of um, lens, you know, if we can approach it that way. And to see them rising up above their own circumstances and really taking ownership um, and and growing from it and being being an ambassador for themselves and, and for their future, I think that's a real success story. And Jenny, tell us some of your top tips then that you share with employers, not just to bring apprenticeship, apprentices on but to get them to stay on board as well and stay within teams what do you adopt to so uh, certainly a couple of, you know a couple of couple of them spring to mind and they really sort of just uh agreeing what you know Andy said didn't it so for me it's for one if you want people to stay you need to start small right it can be once you understand once you've got your head around it the concept of it is very exciting and it can be one of those things like, oh, we're going to throw everything we've got at it. So all of the engagement strategies we've got in our business, all the super exciting stuff we do to, to make sure that we've got our people, let's put it all at the apprenticeship program. I'm not disputing that. That's great. That's super exciting. But do, as uh, you, know, you said, go small. Look at one program, okay? Maybe a few apprentices and get it right. Because if you've not done it before, one of the key successes is embedding it into your business but really your culture that's what it is and we've got so many success stories of clients that we work with where because it's so ingrained in their culture and they started on that small base they have just got the success from it and the benefits in, in the way they see so first tip start small <laughs> second one set a tick second one if you don't do it alone <laughs> your Andy just said Find yourself uh, an expert, find yourself someone uh, who really understands apprenticeship. So a provider, a partner, however you want to call it. It is, a, you know, it's not an easy world. Yeah, there's, you know, anything where there's sort of funding and, and a bit of compliance can be quite difficult. But find someone who knows your industry and, you know, in this case in hospitality, find hospitality specialists who really understand what they're doing and how to apply it into our world. And on the back of that, what are some of the benefits that you would share uh, as to, to having a, a really good apprenticeship program? What are some of the benefits to your business? I think it is like what Danny also mentioned, it's putting your, your money and your actions and your behaviours, what your vision statement is really. I mean, there are always fantastic vision statements and, and values within a business, but if you don't action it through with behaviours, um, it's pretty much just what it is. It's a statement. 
um, and it's something for websites. But for your people to truly believe in their um, in their purpose within the business and how they are contributing to that, it is really laid by how you live through those values and how you're making your HODs accountable for for their behaviors. Because if you don't have these behaviors and if you don't have strategies to make them accountable to live through your, your values, again, from recruitment and, and interviews and, um, you know, those sort of talent acquisition side, bringing people into the business. If you sell the dream at, from an HR interview and you put them in a department and those two things aren't aligned, it's the same as someone seeing a beautiful advert of your company on booking.com and then coming into the into the hotel and seeing what these pictures aren't matching what you promised, you know. Yeah. So we have, to, it is so important that we are actually matching what we say we are in hospitality. And that's every employer's and every HOD and every person in the business responsibility. If someone comes into our industry or into your business to really, really live through our values. Because um, that's how we're going to sustain our industry, our talent pipeline, our upskilling, and our truly sort of encapsulate that whole passion we have for the industry you know there's this it is so important to sort of back it up by by truly incendiary making people the cornerstone of everything we do well there's a simple equation of people product and then profits you know and if you follow that equation in in everything we do and everything or our conversations we have from c-suite down the first conversation always has to be about people how are you going to create that incentric people believe and if people come to work with that inclusivity and bring the whole selves to the table, it doesn't matter if it's an employee or apprentice or whatever status they are within the within that sphere. If they're all engaged at that same level, then you know we will have a fantastic uh, future within hospitality. Well, are you more confident now having this in place? Um, and you've seen the benefits within your business, more engagements and all the rest of it. Has it helped your retention and hiring strategy in any way? It has, and it, I think it brings a different focus of how we look at at the whole talent acquisition as well. It's not just my skill level base, but it's really about how we're going to align people to our values and to our mission. Skill with partners like Umbrella, we can upskill people. We can we can teach them and train them, you know, what is needed to do the actual job. But long term retention is about how you're going to make people part of that uh, company journey, and their values needs to be aligned. Um, so yeah, the benefit is really there, and with that you get uh, um, more, uh, you know, more collaboration because people are um, more um, their minds and their approach are more sort of aligned. So it it creates more collaboration with departments. It creates more creative ideas because people now have the space and the time to think, and they have that sort of platform to collaborate to bring new ideas, and. Young talent coming into the business is incredible because they, they come with a fresh pair of eyes and they bring solutions to us that we had blind spots about maybe before. And they come and they're like, say an incredible, bring an incredible idea to the table. And we were like, oh my goodness, why didn't we think of that? Yeah, it's like the aha moment, you know. And it's and we have to open ourselves up to that and not think that, you know, we've been in the industry for long so we know all the answers because we don't know generationally-wise, you mentioned the Gen Z, their priorities are very different, you know, and sometimes we will be leading, we manage from what, 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 what we, we comfortable with yeah. on yeah. default way in a way. Yeah. Uh, but we also have to be open to also say to ourselves, we don't know everything. We don't know always what the generational, uh, the young talent coming into the business want and need. And 
is sort of bringing that voice to the table and saying, okay, let's have a let's have a conversation and see what do you guys need, um, and how can we then align our processes to do it. So the benefits are are cross across generational. Really, we learn from young talent coming in, and they learn from our experience from a from a mentorship perspective. Um, and I think it's a total win-win situation. What are some of the top tips, top three best tips you'd give to employers looking to set up a, an apprenticeship scheme? Really sort of things quite true to maybe some of the tips I, I mentioned before. But um, if you really want to, to get it right, start with the buy-in at the top first. So go and get some advice, go and work with a provider, as I said, or a partner. Really find that expert who's going to be able to help you, support you. And what they should if they know and they're really your partner is they will help you build sort of a case build understandings maybe use other examples such as you know yourselves over the more calm of good case studies to demonstrate exactly what you're going to get from it to the top as we know they're looking for clear results they're looking for data as you said at the beginning they're looking for the good numbers so you're going in with a different approach that you would go in for your hr teams because we know you your hr teams and your lnd teams they're bought in they get it. They're seeing the benefit. It's where do we change up the benefit? Where do we uh, voice it and position it differently for, for MDs and FDs? And that's something to start with, definitely. So you have to get their buy-in at the top because ultimately culture is led from there, right? It's led from the top. So to be able to really bring it in and make it a success, that's something that's really important. Talking about that buy-in piece, um, and it, it's something that I'm just going to reiterate as well, exactly as you said, is the line manager and the head of department bought buy-in. I say it to every single business I talk to is you need them to be behind this 100%. There's lots of misconceptions about, you know, the apprenticeship world and what they are as programs. Ultimately, they're training programs, but there is some positioning because of some of the compliance that comes with that can be a bit scary. And a portion of that is what you call, everyone knows it is off the job hours, but it's basically, you know, the time that they're going to commit to their apprenticeship within the month or within the week, um, that's got to be at work, but it's got to be away from what they're doing day to day on the floor sometimes. All right. It doesn't always have to be mad, but you know, it could be work shadowing, et cetera, but it's protected time that they spend on their apprenticeship. So to really go in and speak to your heads of departments, whether that be yourself as the employer or whether you want to sort of bring your partner in and have them talk about it because ultimately, you know, we're the experts, is do a sort of an HOD buy-in session. You might need to do a few, I'm not going to lie, but you go, you go in and you start to show them and really break it down what they are and how you can apply it in an easy form because all they're going to see is the time. All they're going to see is, I don't have time to do that additional support. I don't have time to take them off the floor. I don't you know we're going to come in let's let's work out how we can operationally look it into your rotor work it around how many can you take on can you not what areas can you support in and really just break it down so that that top level as i just said your hod buy-in definitely to make it the success and the third one for me um i could name loads but my third one is make sure when you have got it up and running and it is working celebrate you mean your greatest ambassadors are your people and if they can go and share their their stories that's the best sell you can ever have about your business and culture imandi one for you tell me what have you used the scheme utilize the scheme across all skill levels on the business absolutely we have a, a a balanced approach between young talent coming in 
um, and also are using it to upskill our current middle management um, to just sort of that aspiring leadership level within the business, doing that team leader level three, moving up because they're really that sector within our within our company that we really want to develop going forward. That's really the the future of our business in the next 10 years that we want to solidify from a human-centric perspective. And then we have, um, talking about support departments, we have a head of our procurement that is currently doing his diploma in, um, in, in procurement studies. So that's a very senior position in our business, really, who's doing that level five. Um, you know, so, and, and when, when he's completed his, his um, the rest of his team will do the level three and level four. So because he's really the ambassador now for that upskilling within his team, he, you know, he really values it. So again, it gives that, gives that um, sort of belief in, in the whole strategy. But yes, and I think that's the real magic of, of this levy. It can be applied to what your business needs. And I think um, Jenny mentioned the other day as well, which is the most powerful thing is when they do their end of um, the endpoint assessment, when they have to do a project, that project could be aligned with your business needs. It's not a use it. Yeah, it's just with it. It's uh, not yeah. a project that Umbrella thinks about. You know, it's a project that we as a business can dictate. And these are the gaps in our business that we don't always know. You know how to solve. Um, let's put it out there to the young minds of of today and tomorrow to come up with their solutions. And as you mentioned, some incredible solutions has come back to the table. Yeah, a couple of hotel businesses that really have just thrived off the entirety yeah. of their apprenticeship projects. So the ones that they're doing, some of the ideas that have either been built into their people strategies, their operational departments, ideas, uh, future trends. You know, they're the ones out there in the restaurants drinking and eating and seeing all the new exciting things coming up um, of, of a different level that's going to track that market. And so if you think about all of those practices, sustainability as well, that's a very hot topic. All of those things coming in. I've known businesses that have solely relied on the ideas of those people doing those qualifications to preempt their strategy for the next two years of product and people. Now here at KTN.com, we, we talk about um, untapped talent pools. You know, we go into, you know, we talk about fishing in the same pond and all the rest of it. Jenny, how would you advise businesses to use the scheme to, to tap into previously untapped talent pools? Absolutely. I remember very vividly post-pandemic going, what am I going to do? <laughs> a lot of people thought that. Shit <laughs> terror. What I would say, and it was a few of them that was mentioning the other day, is for one, again, I know I sound like a broken record, but go to someone who is an expert in apprenticeships. So go and find yourself a partner or provider. Um, even if you're not at that point ready to go the full hog and sort of get a program in place, just understanding how you can first of all advertise for an apprentice uh, would be a good start and they're the best people they can advise you how that can work so one point is if you do go to a, a partner or provider they'll often have a database of apprentices or potential apprentices or people who want to go into work because they've also built up those relationships with colleges with schools with the universities um, if you're certainly sort of looking at that that entry level but, you know, I say that, you know, the demographic is large for universities as well. So, you know, later, later years education. So they can then help support your advertisement of that um, internally because they'll have those lists. We've mentioned the levy, but it's managed by, I won't go into the complicatedness, but it's managed by something called a, a DAS account all right, or a DAS portal, which is where it keeps all your money safe. But that's also where your company is ultimately advertised and run from because it's connected to your PAYE as a business. So if you go in there, you can then advertise 
for an apprentice. So you can link up with a provider and we can talk you through how to advertise that. That then goes on to the National Apprenticeship Service. So anyone who is then looking for an apprenticeship in the country, and that's where they're, you know, especially the uh, school leavers and university, that's where they're sort of sort of pointed in a direction for when they when they go for that advice of what to do next. That's where they go. So pop it up on there and they'll be able to actually see. And it's it's just like a, a recruitment advert that you would use on, on any job platform and you put the, the offer uh, there. What's important with that though, and I will just say, is that apprentices are not different. They're your employees. They are your employees. And this was something that came up the other day when we were having discussions is that it was almost seen that your employees and your apprentices are different. They're not. They have a contract just like any, any of your employees. There is sort of an available apprentice wage, but very much in the in the climate and the market we're working in now, I would offer exactly what you're doing for your entry level roles and other positions or or the equivalent. Um, it's really it's, it's something like you know don't quote it's about you know four pound thirty five or something. There's no way you you can pay an apprentice that in this in this market. You need to be looking at obviously what you're doing and make it exciting, make it fun. Just like you're doing with every other platform for recruitment that you're doing it, add your value, add who you are as a business, make it super exciting. So that's one avenue to look at it. Um, another one is um, uh, a platform called Not Going to Uni. So Not Going to Uni obviously are, are huge and we have a partnership ourselves with them as Umbrella and I know a lot of businesses do. Um, that's also a very good portal uh, to be able to go and have a look and see who's out there. There's many, many sort of positions that you can put yourself in from that perspective. And all I'll then say to sum that is if you don't have a relationship with your local schools and your local colleges and your universities, then I suggest you do get out there and, and start going to what you used to do. That's what recruitment was like. We're having to go back before we thought we knew better. Back to basics. Get on the, you know, get out there. Get to go to the job fairs. There's so many amazing platforms out there. But when you do, go out there with something more than a leaflet. Yeah, I know. God, Dave. <laughs> All swinging. <laughs> and it's grabbing and maintaining the interest. Not just grabbing it, but maintaining it. And of course, we've also got milkround.com, not plugging our own platform, but for apprenticeships, milkround.com has got over a million profiles uh, for school leavers, interns, apprenticeships, and graduates. So it's also a very good portal, in addition to all the others you've mentioned. So lots to do. This sounds really refreshing. And I think we need to sort of go back to the basics, like you say, and look at... In, in an environment where we are struggling as an industry to to get people through the door, good people through, through the door who will stay and are loyal, I think what better way to create loyalty than to get someone up from from the ground up and and push them through the ranks in our business, but even uh, current employees upskilling them like you say you're doing in, in in your departments and have them realize that there's 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 commitment to the development and growth, and we're not just about putting bums in seats. We're about changing people's lives in this in the sector it's a life-changing movement and 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 thank you for all the great work you're doing and changing so many people's lives and you've been an ambassador for this for so long you've been in our world for so long and you've been doing some incredible things at umbrella training and i'm sure that will just get better and better this year so before we we wrap this up i'll just ask for two from each of you two each to, what would you say to, to anyone listening or two really important benefits of having this apprenticeship scheme set up and running in their businesses. I'll start with you, Mandy. I think it's just uh, um, engagement and development, you know, and I think it doesn't matter if you're upskilling or bringing new people in, that's a human need. We all want to feel invested in. We all want to feel that we have, a, um, a, a, we, we, can, we can grow. 
personally and professionally. And I think that is what learning and development does really. It's, it's not just plugging the skills gap within the business, but it is a, prof it's a personal development as well. Um, so that's truly, truly the number one benefit. Um, and the second, uh, second benefit, it is, it really makes your, your business really what it should be. It is about the people and as you know, it doesn't matter again, what generation you are attracting, um, development is, is going to be always there. And if you can harness it now and, and take the momentum and, and grow with it, you know, where your business and your people can go is, is, is unlimited. Well, I'm going to take a slightly different direction on it because I don't think, you know, coming from the employer, you're the person, you know, you're out there at the moment, you're seeing it, you're living, you're breathing it. And all of the things obviously you've talked about today is exactly what you're going to see from, from that side. So to equally say the benefits, but kind of take a bit more of a, like an industry stance from it. One for me is a bit of, it's that kind of personal mission is I want to see hospitality thrive again. It's what I've committed my life to. Um, you know, it got to that position a few years ago without mentioning the pandemic word too much, but, and we all went, I don't know anything else. This is all I know. What am I going to do? So to now see us in the position that we are, and we always recover. I know that we do, but this seems to be a very, this is a very long piece of recovery and we are going to have to do things differently. It is built for me. Apprenticeships is a no brainer using them in, in this format, now that hopefully by watching this today, listening, people understand a bit more about them. It is unbelievable to me that more people aren't using them to help support their businesses. And without doing that as either an attraction pipeline or the retention of the people, it is almost hospitality suicide. We have to start thinking, not just, I know in crisis, it's easy to think the here and now, and go back to how things were because change is terrifying. But if we don't start doing something now, we won't have an industry left to save. We'll have nothing. So for me, that's a personal mission. I'm just absolutely determined. But, but two, I just like to see learners happy. If I strip back working at Umbrella, if I strip back hospitality and everything like that, the reason why I loved being in learning development was seeing the smile on our people's faces, seeing them happy, seeing them engaged. Yeah, definitely two pieces. One, we need to save hospitality, so let's start using them as much as possible. And two is seeing learners and people happy and engaged after everything we've gone through. I couldn't agree more. And um, it's so nice to sit down and listen to the innovative work you're doing, the, the, the important work you're doing to really fill your hotels with happy people, people that are, that are coming in uh, from from untapped talent pools, and you're happy, and your teams are happy. You're evangelizing around your departments and getting everyone on board, and you're just evangelizing to, to save hospitality, like you say. <laughs> and I am so with you. We're all on this mission to bring this amazing industry back to where it belongs. It's it is the best industry on the planet by a mile. We've got great ambassadors working in this industry to really bring us back to where we belong, and we're we're going to do it this year. It's going to be an incredible year for hospitality. We're going to be busier than ever before. Our restaurants, hotels will be fully booked. And we're going to have great staff in to deliver exceptional services. And it is work like this that's going to help us to continue to do that. So I can't thank you more. And I can't wait to hear more about the expansion of this great plan in your, in your business and your group. And of course, you 
going around evangelizing for happy people and happy learners. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for working with us to deliver this message. And I'm sure a lot of more people out there will pick this up and we will celebrate the success of this in a few months to come. Thank you for your time today. What an important and relevant subject. Uh, to learn more about this very important topic, please follow us on our socials at cater.com and at Umbrella Training for more information.